Hello everybody, it's Alan Barry Labucan here from the rocksandstocksnews.com website. Uh, today we've got a, a first in a series of in, um, interviews with, uh, today it's Arizona Silver's uh, Mike Stark, he's the CEO. Uh, Mike, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, Alan. I like the opportunity to be here. Thank you very much. No problem. So why don't you start with a little sort of overview, Mike, of, uh, of the company, and, uh, and, and we'll take it from there. I'll start asking you questions, that sort of stuff. Sure, Alan. Thanks. Um, Arizona Silver Exploration was developed in November 2016, and uh, since then, we've only had one property in, in that time frame, and we've now improved that to four very high-grade gold and silver properties on an exploration basis. Our forefront right now would be the Philadelphia property, which is located in just about 12 miles from Bullhead City, a very prolific area in the district right now. And recently you've done some drilling that um, is starting to catch more attention of the market. It has, uh, and for very good reason. We've experienced some extremely high-grade situations, uh, anywhere from 24 to 33 to 41 grams material of gold and complementary from 57 to over 100 grams silver. So, yeah, the, the high-grade vein that we're experiencing right now is appearing to be a characteristic of the historical mining that was done on the project. And uh, the property was a full active mine in the early 1900s and uh, was shut down due to the war act. What caught my attention uh, maybe a few months ago when I started covering the company, Mike, was uh, a combination of things that I look for. One, I've spent a lot of my career looking for epithermal vein systems, and that's what I caught that caught my attention out of your early results from the Philadelphia project. And um, the second thing was I also like to look for companies that have a strong share structure. Uh, you know, I find a, a lot of good exploration projects out there these days, but a lot of them are quite heavily diluted. And uh, so why don't you touch on those two things for me a little bit? Those are great questions. And, you know, most unfortunately for the, a lot of us out there, we've just come through some of the worst times possible. And during those times, Alan, I didn't finance at high levels. I didn't take lots of money. You know, even if it was offered, I turned it down simply because keeping the structure's integrity tight is my foremost focus here. Now that the market is correcting, I believe we're seeing some very good returns in the gold sector and silver for that matter as well. But if we would have had 150 million shares out, could you imagine trying to move the needle? So in very, very intuitively, I kept it tight. We did small raises. We advanced the company to now four properties, all very, very good properties. But our structure is only 52 million shares out in which management themselves owns 38%. Excuse me, that's, 34%. Excuse me, 34%. That's also a, you know an important factor as far as I'm concerned because that uh, when there's lots of insider ownership the the share the insiders tend to have a uh, 
a much better attitude towards the regular investors and and not diluting uh, in a in a huge way, right. and because uh, they're diluting themselves. But of course, you know you want to move the projects forward, and um, you've definitely done that. For example, on your last uh, last set of assay results, you hit thirty three point five six grams per ton of gold and fifty four grams of silver. Uh, over 2.35 meters. Um, there's another thing that you've got to be watchful for on, on uh, a lot of projects that sometimes they'll get this high-grade stuff, but it's over not what is really mineable. 2.35 meters is... I, I live down in Mexico in a state called Zacatecas, and uh, it's made up of uh, all kinds of uh, epithermal vein systems, and that's the kind of uh, widths that you get in these veins. And uh, but they tend to go on for a very long time. And uh, so I think that's probably what, you know, got you some good interest of late. Actually, that couldn't have been more true. We're working with some very good historical records. Um, and very nicely, this little pocket that we're in is, for instance, Philadelphia property itself is surrounded by three operating mines. One of the most prolific is the Oatman District. This vein system that was mined up there in the early 1900s was only six and a half, seven feet or little over two and a half meters wide. And they've gone down to over a thousand feet with it now. And it's still continuing. The grades are good and they are turning a profit. It's the gold road mine. We're mm -hmm. 10 miles away from them and we're seeing a lot of similarities except who owns that mine mike that that company is called aura aurora sorry and their symbol is ora they're trading mm -hmm. in about 12 to 13 dollar range right now um we actually know some of the people involved uh, and i and again i like what they're doing uh, it's going to be much the same if we continue to hit the grades that we are getting the grades are higher than aura right now but we have a lot to prove yet. But you're very right. These veins go for long periods of time. Their particular vein went for over two miles. Our and um, do you know anything about their cost per ton of producing out of that kind of a system? No, we haven't had dialogue that way. But um, I've, I've visited the mine. I've toured around the base of the mine and, and had a look at the old workings. It's, it's incredible what these old guys were doing to extract the material. But you're well, right. I can give you a little more color on that. Yeah. You're in a you're in a similar uh, situation as I'm in down here in uh, Zacatecas, Mexico, and uh, you know it's you've got close proximity to roads, you've got close proximity to power. So you know those are the things that are going to keep your costs down to the exactly. you know Zacatecas is one of the lowest the lowest cost underground mining jurisdictions in the world. And you're in a very similar area, so I would expect that um, uh, you would you're looking for something that would be very high margin, low cost, high grade, money making machine kind of thing. You're right about that. Basically, we know now that it's about two to two point two grams per ton gold for an underground mining situation to work. In which case, operating at twenty four, thirty three, and forty one, we're substantially over that level. And we do have power, as you mentioned. We do have access. We literally drive right off the state highway, which is Highway 68 between Bullman City, Bullhead, excuse me, Bullhead City and Kingman. So the jurisdiction is perfect. And we have water. One of the holes that we put down in the early stages 
was coming back at 95, 95 gallons a minute, excuse me. And as a result of that, we now know that we have water for future development as well. So all three components necessary have been done. Does that cause you any issues uh, um, drilling through the, the, wa the water table and stuff like that? It does. And it's a great question. Again, um, it has caused this problem with RC. The, the reason being is it pushes your, your hammerhead back. And as a result, our grain... It can also wash out... Yeah, it can also wash out the uh, gold sometimes. It's 100% right with that. So this is where it was really frustrating because we were moving along very nicely and all of a sudden the grades dropped when we start hitting water. And that's exactly what's happened. And we've corrected that now by going into that area with core. It's a little bit more expensive, but the reward is to get 33 grams gold. It's well worth it. Absolutely. That's that's the difference maker. That's what sets you apart from, you know, a lot of the exploration companies that are out there. What Let's get a little into the guts of the system. And uh, that's originally why I picked up the company. And uh, um, not a lot of people are really aware of the, the distribution of gold in these kind of systems. And what you tend to find is zonation of grade from top to bottom. And what I saw from you guys was that in the initial off the, let's call it the initial good results, um, you guys were kind of following a long strike. And I, you know, I recommended that you guys go deeper and uh, deeper is where you've got some of these uh, higher grades. Do I have that correct? You do. And, you know, with, with, the leadership of Greg Hahn, now my VP of Exploration, the man is really due diligent on how he's gone about this. Um, we followed a hanging wall vein, which was given us strong interest for approximately a year, a little over a year and a bit. And we were hitting that hanging wall vein all the way down to 650 feet, getting nice results, but not like the high grade vein that we just encountered this year. And as a result of this, we found out we have two parallel veins running basically 40, 45 feet apart. One of them carrying high grade of 24 grams and above. The other one carrying a lower grade, which is much lower at about one to four to three grams of gold. And it, was, it makes more sense now looking back at the history of the mine. What happened to the old timers that they were moving along very nicely on the high grade vein. And then there was a fault off and they lost it. Well, mm -hmm. in those days, digging with a pick and an ax, you're not gonna go 60 feet looking in either direction. So they stopped and then the war act came into place and of course everything was mothballed after that. But Greg's been watching this property from a very long period of time, way back into the early eighties. And what he figured is exactly what's happened. The fault took place. These guys lost it, they couldn't find it. We were able to pick it up thanks with modern technology and drilling today, and we've just started moving out on it. We're only 400 feet on that high-grade vein, and we have not got the results back, but they are in the lab, and we certainly look forward to what's coming forward. For sure, yeah. It's um, the, the, some, Another unique thing about these epithermal vein systems, well, I'll put it into context of MagSilver. MagSilver is uh, going to be one of the They've just recently started production here. They're right. a $1.5 billion company, and that's because they have a phenomenally high-grade epithermal vein system. 
Now, what's interesting about that for your perspective and anybody else following the company is two things. One, that the veins that they found did not come to surface. They're what you call blind veins. Right. They were sort of found somewhat accidentally. Uh, and that's not a bad situation. The same thing happened not far from where I live in a place called the Milagros Mine. They were cross-cutting across to connect two veins and they found a uh, they found a high grade uh, vein with the cross cut that uh, in today's dollars would be worth about three hundred thousand dollars per ton. So, you know that's the nature of these epithermal vein systems. The other thing is is the depth part of the story. Why that's so important is that this is these epithermal vein systems are like a boiling pot of water, if you will. Uh, you want to you want to get out of through the bubbles of the boiling pot of water in into the hot water, right. uh, and that's called the boiling zone of the system. And they had to get down. I think it took them about thirty-five holes, and they had to get down to about uh, seven or eight hundred meters to get into the guts of that uh, that uh, boiling zone, the favorable part of the boiling zone. And so, you know, when you find these kind of systems, it, it, it's very exciting. And sometimes I don't think the, the market really appreciates how significant a find like this could be, especially when you've got high-grade gold like you guys have. Um, and so let's, um, let's talk a little bit about where you're drilling and the depth part of that story. Sure. Uh, again, being early stage as we are, we've started intercepting this at 27 feet below the surface. So just a really shallow alluvial cover, and then we pick up the vein. On our property, which is, as I mentioned earlier, five kilometers or 3.5 miles long, we have historical outcropping throughout that entire section. So we have good reason to believe that we we believe anyways that this is a continuous vein, like you've mentioned, that is stretched out for a very long, strong period of contact. Um, we have prospecting pits throughout that entire level, or sorry, until the, across that entire area. So just to give you an example, we're only 1,200 feet on our first claim in which we have 20 claims. So this, as you mentioned, is very early stage, but yet so highly possibility that this is going to go for a long, long ways. The grades that we're experiencing, we've only gone down to 400 feet on the high grade vein, and those are in the lab. We're having to wait for the, but we have intersected the largest width so far of that vein down a little bit lower it's only down at 250 feet but there's a very good chance that if this widens out this could be the feeder vein that's supplied the low grade vein and there's also possibilities that could be more from that as well but we're anxiously mm-hmm. awaiting those results they are coming back in early december and which i promise the shareholders will have a christmas present for everybody and i hope they're as good as before <laughs> because they're quite nice Okay, well, that's it's always hard to tell until you see the assay results, but I hope that that Christmas present for everybody happens. Yeah. Um, so let's let's uh, let's sort of look out a little. So you've got assays in the lab. Yes. You've got. Do you, are you currently drilling, or or do you have more holes pending? What what's the situation with the drilling, Frank? Yeah, we just dropped off three more holes. We have four holes yet to still be drilled. The guys are on Thanksgiving break right now. They'll be back drilling on Monday morning. 
in which we have four more holes to complete. That'll take us roughly right to Christmas. There will be a Christmas break. And then of course, we'll be back on the property. We intend to drill more holes, especially what we're really thankful for is the release on these first couple holes will come at a time where Greg can analyze it, study it a bit more, and then we can place the rig in the new year where we believe the next best possibility will be. And we've done this methodically, which is also a careful approach. We don't just obliterate the hillside and say, okay, what do we got? And then you waste all your money. In these high-grade veins, as you're well experienced, Alan, you can miss them. And if you miss them, it's a waste of whatever the money, the cost for that drilling. It might be 30000 or it might be $100,000 for that one hole. So we've been very methodical, very careful, stepping out carefully to make sure that we entertain every drill hole with the utmost precision. Now, the focus of most of that drilling, is it drilling a long strike or is it drilling to depth? We, we've been doing both. So we are doing down dip and then move out down dip, move out. We have not gone below 650 feet simply because so that's quite meters. a reach. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm happy with showing the continuity. Right now, that's giving us the best uh, information going forward. We know if we hit it at 600 feet and we step out 400 feet and hit it again, the likelihood it's in between as well, right? Yeah, well, it's a pretty big, it seems like a pretty big system and it's, uh, you know, mineralized with high grade gold so yeah. uh you know i i don't think you're going to have to worry too much about it disappearing part of the problem you can run into is with the small drill hole you know you're drilling through a two meter vein into high grade you know you could miss it and then you know uh, half a meter down you hit a fa- fantastic grade but you know you guys are you're doing a really good job and uh, i can see that um for the next few months, it should have a really strong flow of news. And you're right about that. We anticipate right through to the end of February. There's other things going on with the pro, or with the company, excuse me, that are going to enhance shareholder value. That's our objective. Uh, you may have noticed that we already bought out the only remaining NSR on the property, which was a 1% NSR. We did that with a very bold move at an early stage on a junior miner or junior explorer, excuse me, because we don't want to have any encumbrances. We do intend to sell this and therefore the path forward for whoever would be looking at this, they have nothing to worry about. It's only the property they're purchasing. There's no other, uh, I, I hate the term, but there's no hair on the dog. It's all clean. Yeah, you know, I, I think that, that you don't really have to worry about that too much. And these kind of systems, like I said, when you have low cost and high grades, there's a huge margin in there. So, yes. you know, a 1% royalty or a 2% royalty isn't very meaningful. Uh, now, if you're looking at a low grade situation and you're moving lots of tons and, you know, then, then it can have a much bigger effect. But you're looking for something different than that. But why not do it when you can? That's exactly right, Alan. I mean, um, I mean, I know people that are paying some very, very large amounts of money for these NSRs right now. And now somebody coming to us, they don't have to worry about it, whether it's three or five or seven or $10 million. It's not, it's not there. So again, there's no future payments on the property. We've bought it out 100% for ourselves and there's no NSRs. So really we've got the three components for development. We just have to continue to prove up that this vein system continues. 
Well, and I have a lot of confidence it will. That's why I've got you on the show. And uh, on that note, Mike, I think I'll wrap it up. We're just at about 20 minutes here. So uh, there you go, folks. Uh, Mike has done an excellent job of giving you the highlights and, and some of the guts of what they're doing. I think you want to go to their website and check out their, their news releases, look at the results. I'm very confident because I know a lot about these epithermal vein systems. Uh, I was uh, on the horn to them early and uh, uh, because I, I understand these kind of systems and they've delivered since then. And as Mike mentioned, they have a, uh, a bunch of holes in the lab. They've got more that are going to be coming. They're going to be drilling and having a good flow of news. Uh, that's one of the benefits of working in a place like Arizona. You can uh, pretty much work year round, and uh, and they still have a uh, you know a very sh tight share structure and a modest uh, modest um, valuation. And recently, I've been talking more about them because uh, if you look at their depth of market, they're starting to have a lot more buyers lining up than sellers. And you know, the, in the condition that the market's in right now, with a um, gold being under pressure, uh, usually you're seeing the opposite, lots of sellers and not many buyers. That that coin has been flipped in their case. And I'm also quite confident that gold is oversold and ready for a strong move. The last time that gold uh, spiked below the 200-day moving average, it went on a multi-year run where it moved up about $500 an ounce. That's the kind of action I'm expecting, when, and that will bring a lot of new blood into the, into, the, into the sector. And when they come to the sector, they're not going to find a big menu of companies to look for. And I think that Arizona Silver is one to look for. So on that note, as always, uh, I recommend that you, uh, you do your homework and speak with your financial advisors before making any investment decisions. The show is for information purposes only. And I encourage you to look closely at, uh, at Arizona Silver. Have a great day.